He doesn't say a word because he is concerned with ensuring the message of the true father, the message of Jesus' true father comes through loud and clear, that he is the only son of God. He, he leaves no room for that to be misinterpreted in any way, shape or form by means of his silence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. I'm Stina Constantine and joining me on the podcast is Father Sean Burns. Each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships, comments on things that are happening in our culture and lessons that we're learning as we go along. So we're so happy to have you join us. So sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends. Hey Padre, how you going? Well, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Excellent. Yeah. about to. What have I been up to? Uh, mainly work. I've had a couple of meetings with some potential talks on the horizon. So that's been a bit of fun. Cool. Uh, other than that, yeah, just catching up on sleep because work is manic at the moment. I'm working a couple of weeks, like a couple of days during the week sure, sure. Um, up until about 8.30 at night. So that's been a lot. Yes. What about you? There's a lot. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything. It's just been... I should say cathedral. Cathedral. I'll just say cathedral <laughs> and then you can just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go check out what happens there and you'll see <laughs> yeah, what right. everything looks right. like. <laughs> Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's it's, good. It's, I mean, there's just, there is so much that happens, but that so much is beautiful. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. What are we going to talk about today, Padre? Silence! <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> It's not my, do you want to do this episode by yourself? It's go on, go on. <laughs> Apparently silence is not my forte. <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't help it. It was just, it was, it was, it was, it was staring me right there on the page. Yes, like, it's true. I it's to, true. Yeah. We are going to talk about silence, but silence in relation to. Yes, but we're looking at silence and, and, and particularly in relation to St. Joseph. And, and uh, it's, it's interesting within the context of scripture, Joseph does not say a single word. Mm. His presence is deeply felt, mm. but he doesn't say a single word. And so it seems as though his silence is the vehicle by which God the Father's voice is heard in Scripture. And one of the really beautiful ways that that's, that's kind of expressed is by um, Benedict XVI in the third volume of his Jesus of Nazareth series. And he says that in the second last chapter, he talks about the finding of Jesus in the temple. And, you know, Mary and Joseph are sort of, they're running around and they're freaking out, man, because they just lost the saviour of the world. And it's, it's you know, it's like it's, it's getting a bit, yeah, yeah. That's a bit and intense. It, it's a bit intense. It's a bit <laughs> intense. That's right. So they, they, they finally find Jesus. And Mary says to, the, to, says to Jesus, my son, where have you been? Why would you do this to your father and I? And and his his response is, did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Mm. And so effectively, what he says is, I am with my father. Yeah. And and you can you can almost sense that this is kind of it's almost an opportunity of 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 sadness for Joseph. And I'm sure to some measure, those words must have been a. They, they, they must have been, on the one hand, <laughs> but on the other hand, they must have been a, whoa. Yeah. Like, like, like it, 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 that he has been entrusted with this, with the son of God. I mean, that must have been a, 
whoa. Yeah. You know, just incredible. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in his silence, he actually allows for the voice of his true father. Mm. You know, he doesn't say a word because he is concerned with ensuring that the message of the true father, the message of Jesus' true father comes through loud and clear, mm-hmm. that he is the only son of God. He, he leaves no room <laughs> for that to be misinterpreted in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form by means of his silence. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, really beautiful that, that Joseph's silence, far from being a, a, a statement of how little he matters, far from being that, it's actually a statement of his his brilliance as a saint mm. that he was able to get get out of the way mm. for God, mm. which is kind of what we're all meant to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting the thing about silence too. You know, it's kind of that space where anything can happen. It's almost like there's an anticipation, a making room for something. We can sometimes think of silence that as an empty place like it's there's something missing but actually silence is a place where there's a a, you know something that's clear and it's ready for something because we don't generally go to a place where there's silence and that be the end game like that's not generally what happens generally the silence leads to something as something else it's an invitation and a space that leads us to something else so I guess in this point too, something that came to mind for me was putting ourselves in a scenario that would have occurred on a very regular basis within the Holy Family and using that as a bit of a, a check-in point with ourselves. So imagine the scenario where, you know, you're sitting down having dinner, imagine as Joseph, you know, you're sitting down having dinner with the most perfect woman who ever existed and the child who is God made man. And you're doing that every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like every day you're sitting down and having dinner with this, these two people. What is the initial reaction that happens for you? If it's something like, okay, that's a tough gig. (laughs) Talk about my sins being laid bare, like pricking conscience, imperfections are being brought to the surface. Is that the kind of space that you're being drawn into? Or is it more like, cool, I get to have dinner with this woman and this little boy every day. I'm going to learn so much from this. This is going to be so much fun and there's so much joy here. Or is there somewhere in between? What does that, when you think about whatever comes up for you and you think about that image, what does that say to you about your relationship with God at the moment in this season? Not permanently, but in this season, what does that say? And where is that stemming from? Such a good question. That is such a good question. And such a good way of, of, and kind of daring too. I mean, we're putting ourselves in the feet of Joseph, right? I mean, is you know, as far as saints go, he's up there. So it's it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's it's such a no doubt approach. probably the favorite of Mary like yes yes probably yeah, her exactly. favorite <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly so uh, so it's 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 a really daring thing I think it's it, very worthwhile to do uh, because if we Joseph's silence actually allows for that like his silence in Scripture actually allows for that yeah. and so not only is it a vehicle 
for the Father's voice to come to us, but it's also in a certain sense a vehicle for us to go to the Father, uh, for us to, to, to become more attuned and more aware of who Jesus is, of who Mary is. And, and, and don't get me wrong, when I talk about Joseph's silence, I'm not an idiot. Obviously, I know that he spoke to yeah. Mary. He spoke to Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's that. very well aware of that. Yeah. But within the context of sacred scripture, his silence actually allows for that space to interact with Jesus mm. and with Mary from a really tender and intimate position. So I guess in asking the question then, well, what of this silence of Joseph can we actually emulate? What can we actually take up and model? And I guess the first thing is that silence is a fertile sort. It's not empty. Um, And yet how many times do we actually go to God and sit and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk? I mean, I, I imagine that God hears my voice like a bit like a babbling infant, just kind of trying to string something together. It comes out and sounds in complete sentences, like <laughs> depending on the mood that I'm in, the frequency and the intensity and the pitch goes up and down. Like I, I can imagine that it's a bit of a mess, but I imagine he delights in that sound too. I don't have the right words. I don't, you know, some of the time I don't really know what I'm trying to say to him either. I haven't really thought it through or I don't really have the words to be able to pull it together. But I know that there's a yearning and I know that he knows that I have a yearning and I I know that he knows better than me what that yearning is and what that desire is that I have. Mm. What Joseph then shows me um, is that this is not only a space the communication, the prayer that I have with God isn't only a space for me to bring to him, bring to God, you know, my petitions. So it might be people that I'm praying for or particular things that are happening in my life that I'm concerned about or perhaps it's my burdens, perhaps Mm. I'm worried about something or perhaps it's something I want to give him thanks for. That it's not only those things that I need to bring to him but I also need to bring silence and I need to be in silence to be able to hear him because he is perfectly polite. He's not going to talk over me. He's not going to be like, ah, stop, stop, let me, let me, let me. Like he doesn't do that. He goes, you want to talk, talk to your heart's content. I'm here. I'm your father. I want to hear you. I want to listen. But in the same sense, I'm also meant to love him as much as I can in a similar way back as much as I possibly can. So I should also want to hear his voice. (laughs) I should also want to hear what he wants to say to me, what he wants to communicate, not just the content of it, but to actually want to hear him speak into my life. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really beautiful thing that you've mentioned there because it's sort of, you know, when you haven't spoken to someone for a little while, and uh, and you 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 hear their voice, and just hearing their voice is like, oh, that that's so good to hear their voice. Yes, you know, to hear the voice of God in our hearts yes. like that, and, and be like, oh gosh, that feels good to hear your voice. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think too that it's a lot harder to do that. I don't I don't for a second think that it's easy to do that with all the things that we have that naturally we also need to bring to mm. God. Yeah. But I think Joseph's silence actually also says to me that he was a man that heard God, not just like with his ears actually heard him, but heard him in his heart, yeah. like heard what he, the sound of God was like, not again, not necessarily auditorily, but 
with his heart actually able to hear what that movement looks, feels and sounds like because he'd practiced that in his silence. I don't for a second believe that Joseph's silence just sort of came to be once Christ was there in their family. I believe that that's something he would have practiced but also says to me that that's precisely why he was able to receive the message that the angel brought to him in a dream yeah. from God. He was presi- he was able to discern the difference between his own fantasy, his own make-believe, his own conscience trying yeah. to put something together because this is distressing. <laughs> like yes. His his beloved Mary is with child. <laughs> like what is going on? Right, That's right. distressing. So naturally. <laughs> but also to be able to know that actually, no, this is the voice of God speaking yeah. through an angel because I know what this sounds and feels like. Yeah. yeah. There's a familiarity with that voice. Exactly. And so therefore there's a there's a certain level of comfort of going, okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Even through an angel. E- even, even through, through an another angel. instrument. Even through an angel. And even if there's and this is something that makes my, my, you know, sort of helps me to grow a bit closer to Joseph, is that the East has, has this notion of the temptation of Joseph, which is that he has this moment where, you know, Jesus has been born and, and, and he's like, oh, gosh, is it all, is it, is it all legit? You know, and, and, but he, he, he recomposes himself and is like, yes, of course it's legit. I know the voice of God. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard this voice before. This voice isn't foreign to me. You know, and I, I think it's so beautiful because it's like, we're sure, look, we're human. Joseph was human. He wasn't immaculately conceived. He's, 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 he has struggles like us all. And so for him to have that moment of, okay, is this legit? And then to go, yeah, I know the voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've heard this voice yeah. before. Yeah. And, and so just, it gives us such, such heart to go in those moments where we're like, oh gosh. Is this legit? And we're like, yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've heard this voice before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I say that you, know, you were talking about sort of the babbling thing? Yeah, yeah. There is so much value in baby talk. <laughs> there is so much value in baby talk. Mm. Um, no, and when I say baby talk, I don't mean immature talk. Mm. I mean that that talk that you're talking about, the, the talk of, of, of a child coming to her father or to his father uh, and uh, never stop talking. Never stop speaking to Jesus, but I think as you exactly as you say, we do need to start listening in an active silence, you know. And it's it's yeah by active silence I mean it's it's not just Saint Joseph's silence is not just mere passive silence. It's not just sheer passivity. Mm. You know what does Joseph do? He hears the voice of God and he acts yeah. according to that voice. Yeah. You know, and, and so for ourselves. It must be a, a, a listening, an active listening to the voice of God. You know, that that we're, we're hearing it, we can carry out his will. We can receive him into our hearts that we can bring him to the world. It's, that's this, this is the whole point of being able to listen to his voice. And look, the other thing is silence has this effect of allowing growth. If you've ever noticed, when does a flower bloom? It blooms in silence. You know, like if you just... If, 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 if you put a, a flower in a room that's just full of noise and, and that's it, just constant noise, it's not likely to flower. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it requires a bit of silence, a bit of quiet. Mm. You know, and we notice that these, these growths, these, these spurts of growth happen in silence. And it's, it can be difficult to find silence in our present world. Oh, yes. You know, it can be hard to do that. The world in which we presently live, there is an opportunity for noise at every turn. You know, we can we can get a phone out and put a headphone in and 
and immediately we're connected to the web and to, to sound, you know, and, and to constant sound, a sound that could literally go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know. So it can be really, really difficult to find that. But if we're able to recall, silence is where I'm going to find growth because it's where I'm going to find the voice of God. Uh, then we can actually carve out that space to be in silence. I guess too, maybe some practical ways then to be able to build silence back into our lives because it, it is, we yeah. are so, the world is so noisy yeah. in every way, literally auditorily noisy, but filled with distractions that distract our heart yeah. from being able to sit in the silence too. So maybe, maybe a couple of things that sure. we might be able sure. to do to help create that space. I know for me, when I've had a big day and I love to be able to listen to podcasts and things like that when I'm driving or um, listen to a spiritual work when I'm, when I'm driving long distance or short distance, even just to and from work. But I know that if I've had a big day and I've had a full client load and I get in the car and I'm automatically putting the podcast on because that's what I'm used to doing. And within about two minutes of driving, I'm like, I'm not even listening because my head is so full. I can't bear this anymore. Just turning it off and then spending the next 10 minutes just being like, Jesus, I am driving. That's all I got for you right now. (laughs) That's all I got. But there's something very relieving about just being able to mm. turn that extra noise off. I can't turn the noise of traffic off, but at least that's one thing that's in my control. I can yeah. turn that particular thing off for the next little bit. That's right. If we can carve out a particular space even in our homes mm. that is not TV, not technology, none of that, it's just a space for us to rest with God and that space is dedicated to that, it's more likely we're actually going to have that opportunity for silence there. You know, like, uh, as you say, having control over the things that you can control. Well, I can control where the TV is. Yeah. I can control where the radio is. Yeah. I can control where I put my phone. Like, I can control all of those things, which means I can create a space where silence is is probably going to happen. Mm. You know, and, and, and so just being aware, okay, if I need silence, then I have to create a space where that's actually going to occur yeah. rather than just kind of haphazardly searching for, for, for a moment of silence, actually can sort of actively constructing a space where if I go here, silence is likely to occur. I'm mm. likely to get that. Mm. And that's not always easy. Like for instance, if you're a mom or a dad and you've got kids and, and you know, you come home from work and you're immediately bombarded with, with, you know, the noise of children fighting and the noise of, of, I want this for dinner, well, I want that for dinner. And, you know, like he immediately you're bombarded. But he said, yeah, exactly. He said, she said, all that stuff. Even then, even if, if, if all that you have is literally two minutes of silence before you hit the pillow, like that is worth it, yeah. man. Yeah. That is worth it. God yeah. can work wonders with two minutes of silence. Like mm-hmm. even just that. Take it, you know. Yeah. Um, but even with that space that you were talking about too, you know, for some people they might only have their room to work with. They may not have anywhere else that's actually theirs to be able to move anything around. Yeah. Just use a corner of your room and yeah. put a pillow down, like a cushion down that you dedicate to when I put this cushion down and I sit on this in this corner, this is my space. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. create – I know several people who've, you know, lived in share houses who've just literally turned a corner into their prayer corner. Yeah. That's all yeah. because that's all they had to be able to work with. But when they go to that particular corner, there's only one 
and when you one particular intention in mind or one particular reason yeah. why they're there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What about in terms of settling the restlessness? Yeah. Because that's the other the other catch with a noisy world is that once we've created a space, opportunity and time, then we're sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard to sit yeah. with that restlessness. Absolutely. Um, there are two things that often work for me. Uh, the first is just to acknowledge that I'm restless. That's 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 the very instead of yeah. instead of trying to 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 just fight against it. If I can first just acknowledge that I, I am actually restless here, uh, and and then just start to take some breaths and say, okay, God, I'm restless, and that's what I'm going to bring to you right now is that I'm restless. Yep. Yeah, rather than trying to fight against the restlessness, yeah. be like, "All right, God, we're we're going to talk about high, holy things here, God, in this silence and and and, and any high contemplation." Now, it's all going to here we go. <laughs> you know? No, no, God. Right now, what I have to work with is that I am restless. Here yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, yeah. and and that kind mm-hmm. of, in a certain sense, becomes the topic that you're sort of in, you're sort of inviting the Lord into to say, "Look, here it is. This is what I've got. I've got restlessness." You know, and and, and the Lord can work wonders with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Love it. Love yeah. it. So there you go. There is an episode on Joseph and his silence and a couple of practical ways that we might be able to incorporate silence back into our lives in a noisy world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before the end of this episode, as always, a truth, beauty and goodness. Yes. Uh, So uh, I I had had occasion to to do a funeral not so long ago Mm. and um, uh, it was, you know, this, this man didn't have many... Many relatives, mm-hmm. didn't have many friends, um, and and someone who was in his life but had gone out of his life, you know, for a very long time, had heard of his death, and just took it upon themselves to take care of that man's mm. affairs. Mm. And I just thought that's incredible. You know, you've 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 heard about this, you've realised his circumstance, and you know, perhaps despite the. The, the the manner that they parted was not necessarily in in in, in a great way. Mm. They've just gone. I think this is a responsibility that I have to bear. Mm. And so, just walked in and taken it upon themselves. And I thought, wow, you know, that's right there. That's a corporal work of mercy in action. Yeah, burying the dead. You know, I think we can overlook that a little bit because often people actually do have someone written down in a will to say mm. this person will bury mm. me. You know, mm. but when that doesn't happen. And somebody actually comes in and says, I'm taking this cost on. I'm going to look after this. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just incredible. So, mm. so uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a real moment of, of – a real moment of beauty there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And so yourself? generous. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. generous. And yourself? For me, it's a book that I've just recently finished. Uh, it's called Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. Um, it is so good, so so good. There's um, he's a he's a former therapist. He's a retired therapist now. Uh, he's still very much involved in ministry, uh, but his book is basically around you know how we need Christ to be able to be fully healed. But he also touches on the fact that uh, in our or in my profession in the psychology space, we can sometimes become symptomatic. And we treat what we see on the outside, what we perceive is the problem or the client comes to us with a problem. And he's pointing out that there are some very deep uh, issues that are 
are the reason why these things are coming to the surface. And and that's that's part of our training, right? But he looks at it from a different dimension. He looks at it from a spiritual dimension, which our training doesn't allow us to do. So that's been really awesome to read. It's not super like wordy. It's not academic or anything mm. like that. Mm. So this is something anyone could pick up. You don't have to be a therapist to be able to read it and understand it and get a lot out of it. Every chapter has reflective questions in it as well. And it's gold what you'll learn from it. So Dr. Bob Schutz, Be Healed is my truth. Such a good book. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Ah, and we will catch you next week. Until then, know about Love and Press. God bless. <laughs>